you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron the Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and today is going to be Thursday with Will. <laughs> Yesterday we was doing some things uh, preparing for the Marriage Family Life Conference, and so we had uh, just a busy day yesterday. That's why we had a re-air on yesterday. And today, Miki is out doing some work uh, here at AFA, and so... I will be holding the show down today by myself, but I have some great things planned. Uh, first, I want to uh, mention these announcements. Uh, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. Also, this Sunday, this Sunday evening, um, March 20th, 530 to 730 p.m., uh, First Baptist Church Baldwin will be host, having it uh father-daughter banquet, and I will be uh, speaking there. Uh, the tickets are $30 per couple. Uh, you can call 662-365-5201, and it's $30 per couple, regardless of how many daughters, and a meal, a meal will be provided. So if you want tickets to that, 662-365-5201. Also, like I mentioned before, the Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 7th to the 9th. Here in Tupelo, Mississippi, at the Bancorp South Arena, it's going to be a great time. Go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net to get all the details about the conference. You can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. Just search Airing the Addisons, and you can watch the broadcast live. Uh, also, visit our By Design Facebook page, and also the webpage for By Design is afa.net slash bydesign. Last but not least, if you desire clear and concise teaching on the biblical response to critical race theory, go to resources.afa.net and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by my wife, Miki Addison, on this topic, on this topic. But today, today, uh, I want to share something that I shared recent, recently at our church um, and it's just a reminder and hopefully an encouragement uh, for us as believers. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that as, we, as you hear this and as we talk about this, that it'll be something that will spark inside of you, uh, man, just to take heed to the word of God, to understand who you are in Christ, and that, man, this is not our final destination. This is not the final home. So uh, on the program today, I want to talk about the doctrine of being strangers, the doctrine of being strangers, the teaching within Christianity that we are strangers, that we are aliens, that we are not of uh, this land, but that we are representing somewhere else as born-again believers, the kingdom of God. So as believers, we have a constant tension of living in this world, yet fighting to keep ourselves uh, from being stained by it. It's a constant struggle. And we feel it. We actually feel that tension. 
Uh, we all know that our faith is global. So uh, Christianity is, I can go to Iraq right now and find a brother in Christ. I can go to China. There are Christians there, Ukraine, Russia, all over the globe, Africa. And I will find the body of Christ represented there. We have a global faith. We are brothers and sisters in every part of the world. But there aren't many of our brothers and sisters that enjoy the freedoms, the comforts, and the ease in which we live in in America. We have to admit this is a prosperous land. Praise God for it. God has blessed us to live in this country. He has set forth where we should be. Uh, I want to make clear that I praise God for living in America. And I routinely and we routinely on this show quote Acts chapter 17, verse 26 and 27, which says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God. God has placed man where he is in different locations, you know, right where you are, that you may seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. That's Acts chapter 17, verse 26 and 27. But you have to admit that the cry of our hearts, the cry of the believer's heart, as we look at our surroundings, as we see the rampant wickedness of man, and as we see the murder, the sexual deviancy, we talk about this stuff all the time, you know, trying to make people aware of what's going on, what's happening, the injustice. The cry of the believer's heart is Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Now, I'm not saying that we should seek to be escapist, right, or live as hermits. But there should be a separation and a distinction in our hearts that this place is not our home. That's the reality. And a lot of times because we, we live here, and this is the only place we've known, you know, we can get caught up in what's going on in this world, not realizing that we are here on assignment. This is not our home, right? You know, we are like fish out of water, right? Uh, whenever we feel ourselves getting comfortable uh, with our surroundings, we better cry out to God and ask him that we do not conform to the things of this world but that we are being transformed daily. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So we, as strangers, we ought to be vexed like Lot. I talked about this one time on a, on a broadcast. Uh, talked about Lot and uh, the, the lessons that we can learn from him. And I'm going to uh, kind of highlight some of those things today. But the Bible says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness with seven others. When he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example, example of those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. And if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, 
For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Doesn't that feel familiar even today? The things that we talk about here on Aaron Addison's and, and even just on, on AFR. The situations that's going on in our country. You know, we highlight the, 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 uh, the children and how they're being, you know, indoctrinated by this culture. And we see all this stuff happening. And man, you know, for the believer, we're like Lot. That we are living among unprincipled men. And it says that Lot, he was oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. So we have to stop and ask ourselves, if we're not vexed, is there a, pro there a problem? Is something going on? If we have become so used to what's around us that it, it does not move us anymore, well, we have to ask ourselves some questions. You know, are we getting dull? These things should move us. We should be vexed. We should uh, be vexed to a point where we cry out to God. God, have mercy. Lord, use us. Help us to spread the good news because people are going to hell. This is the reality. And just like Lot, he was vexed by what he saw and what he heard. And it's the same thing that's true today. We see and we hear so many things. Uh, wicked things that are going on. And man, there's a vexing within the, the true follower of Christ. And that's Second Peter that I just read, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. We can't allow ourselves to be comfortable in this world if we truly are in it, but not of it. We can't allow ourselves to be comfortable. Are you vexed? Is your soul oppressed? by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. So at this moment, I want to talk a little bit about Lot in Sodom, right? He was in Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he, that's where he chose to go. But like, like I said before, I talked about this before on the show, uh, and it was a show that was called The Testing Effect of the World. The Testing Effect of the World. It was one of the uh, Wednesdays with, with Will. And I highlighted Lot. And there were a few points I made concerning Lot that we have uh, to guard against as we uh, live in this world. There was a few things. The no, uh, number one was Lot was governed by his senses. Lot was governed by his senses. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 10, the Bible says that Lot lifted up his eyes. And let me just set the, the scene. So Abraham and Lot were together. They were. They had their companies together, and it, it got too much for the land. Like they, they both were were growing, and so they had to separate. And Abraham, you know, told Lot, "Hey, you choose where you want to go. I give you first dibs. You, you, whatever you go, wherever you go, I'll go in the other direction." And so the Bible said that Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. And this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, uh, as you go to Zoar. So Lot looked out and he was like, OK, I'm look over here. Man, they have the green trees. They got the lush, you know, grass. And then over here, it's kind of kind of dry. 
So his senses is tell, are telling him, man, go over there. And that's where he goes. But little did he know that over there were residents who were wicked, wicked. But he just followed his senses. There was no, man, let me pray. Let me seek the, the God of Abraham that I'm following. You know, let me take time to, to, to inquire of the Lord. No, it's like, whatever I see, and if it looks good to me, that's what I want. We have to watch out that we are not governed by our senses while living in this world. All right. Uh, another feature of being uh, captured by the world is a dulled capacity in making decisions. That's another feature of being lulled in by this world. Being captured by this world is that our capacity to make decisions are dulled. Lot did something. You know, when these wicked men were uh, coming at him and, and wanted and they desired the men that had came in, the angels, and Lot was trying to protect them. Well, one thing that Lot did, he offered his daughters to these men, said, do what you will with them. That wasn't a good idea. <laughs> that His capacity to reason out was dulled. Had Lot been in Sodom and Gomorrah that long, that he would offer something like this, you know, that's, that was probably a common practice a, among that, those people. But for Lot, it shouldn't have been that way. He had a, a dulled capacity. He offered his daughters and said, do whatever you, you want to do with them. That's a feature of being uh, captured by this world is that our capacity to make decisions are dulled. And lastly, concerning Lot, Lot hesitated when it was time to go. He hesitated when it was time to go. And when we come back, I'm going to go ahead and read the account of Lot hesitating. Because one of the features of being captured by this world also is an unwillingness to let go. When it's time, when God wants to move, that we can't move. We're so fixed on our surroundings and what we have and, you know, what we have accumulated that it's hard for us to break free when God says it's time to go. Lot hesitated. He hesitated. And we have to check our hearts to make sure that if God is trying to move us and do some things, that we're not hesitating when he says to go. This is Ernie Addison's here on American Family Radio. Thursday with Will. And uh, I'll be back right after this. Aaron Addison's on American Family Radio Thursday today with Will. And that right there is Hazakim, the other side. And just to mention that Hazakim will be at the Marriage Family Light 
conference on that Thursday, they will be doing uh, um, a concert. Man, it's going to be just a, a great time. The The music that they do is full of apologetic type stuff, you know, is uh, giving a defense for the fate. And so they'll be uh, a part of what's going on on that Thursday evening. Also, we have a uh, we have a local worship uh, group here that will be a part of that as well. But uh, back to what we were talking about, the doctrine of being strangers. And I know some of the things that I'm saying about Lot, as far as this is concerned, people might say, well, how was he righteous? Man, he was doing all kinds of stuff that was, it seemed like, well, if you listen, if you go back and you, and you um, uh, find that show, The Testing Effect of the World that I did on one of those Wednesdays, I, I, I break down uh, where that righteousness came from, what made him righteous. And so it's, it's just an amazing thing. But I just want to continue on that Lot, the, the third point I was making in this section was that Lot hesitated when it was time to go. And we have to really uh, uh, check our hearts to see, man, if we are too attached to the things that are uh, of this world, that when God is saying to move, that we're hesitating, that we can't go. We don't want to break free uh, because of the, the love that we have for certain things. And so remember, we are strangers in this land. Uh, we are not to be uh, involved and entangled by civilian affairs. And we're going to get to those scriptures a little bit later. But I wanted to read um, Genesis chapter 19, verse uh, 12 to 26. And it reads, uh, Then the two men said to Lot, Whom else have you here? A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. All right. And Lot went out and spoke to his sons in law who were to marry his daughters and said, up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons in law to be jesting. Now, pause here. That was a problem. That he's given this, you know, uh, um, uh, command, like, look, we got to go. There's danger coming. They thought he was joking. Why would they think he's joking at a time like this? Well, I would I would say that, man, they, they didn't take him seriously. Like, man, we're not leaving this place. This is, like, what are you talking about? You know, this is a, a land that you've grown in prominence in. Lot, you're, you're sitting at the city gates now with the leaders, you know? Like, what do you mean we're leaving? So they thought he was joking. And then verse 15, when morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. Verse 16, but he hesitated. And there it is. And look, I'm not, you know, trying to just come down hard on Lot, but I'm saying we need to survey ourselves. Are there things that when God says to move, when we are, we're supposed to uh, uh, be ready to go, that we're hesitating? When God says, you know, that relationship is not good, you need to break that off. Are we hesitating when God said, hey, I want you to go here and do this? Are we hesitating because of uh, being comfortable where we are? We have to survey our hearts. The Bible says, but he hesitated. So the men seized his hand. And the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters for the compassion of the Lord was upon him. And they brought him out and put him outside the city. 
He didn't want to leave so much so the angels, these guys, they had to like grab them by the hand and take them out and put them outside the city. Man, I'm telling you, there are things in this world that will hook us. If we're not careful, when it's time to go, we won't go because of these things in our lives that have hooked us. I'll uh, continue reading. And when they had brought them outside, one said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, oh, no, my lords. Now behold, your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have magnified your loving kindness, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, for the disaster will overtake me and I will die. Now behold, this town is near enough to flee to, and it is small. Please let me escape there. Is it not small that my life may be saved? He said to him, Behold, I grant you this request also, not to overthrow the town of which you have spoken. Verse 22. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the town was called Zor. Verse 23. The sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities. And what grew on the ground, everything was destroyed. Then it says, but his wife from behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Man, as powerful statements here. His wife, where was she positioned? The Bible says that his wife was behind him. This is a time where his wife needs to be right next to him, side by side. You know, it was a problem that his wife was behind him. And so she had it still in her heart, the land where she was leaving. You got to think, this was the place where her children were born. This was the place where she had friends and different, and they were doing, like, she didn't look. So she looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. I'm saying this to say, we got to examine, Lord. And, and, and when I say examine, we need the Holy Spirit to show us those blind spots that we have in our lives, those hooks that will be, you know, those things that will call us back. That when it's time to go, we can't go because we have the love for this stuff. Man, it's something that we need to pay attention to. Consider these stories, and I won't read all of this. And we talked a lot about this on the show uh, last week. Um, the whole Disney story. We've been covering that. So while we've been, uh, this, is, this is what uh, the guy, Chapek, said concerning their stance. And look, when you talk about Disney, this is a, is a big deal for a lot of families because they, over, over the years, they made it a place where you want to take your children, you want to have you know, this experience in this nice time, but when it's time to go, can we leave that behind? That's the question. When it's time, when they, when they move away from us and start doing things and showing their hand even more, because they've been showing it for a long time, but showing their hand, do we like say, man, but it's Disney. I, I can't, you know. 
look, we're not residents of this world. Like, this is not our final home. So if there are things like that that we cannot let go of, we have to submit ourselves to God and say, Lord, help help us. But this is what he said. He said, while we've been strong supporters of the community for decades, he's talking about the homosexual deviant community, I know that many are upset that we did not speak out against the bill, Chapek said. Now we were opposed to the bill from the, out, the outset. So they're saying, like, from the beginning we were opposed to it, but we chose uh, to not take a public position because we thought we could be more effective working behind the scenes, engaging directly with lawmakers on both sides of the aisle. And the CEO, the CEO said that despite weeks of, of efforts, Disney was ultimately unsuccessful challenging the bill, which would ban Florida teachers from discussing deviant topics like sexual orientation or gender identity with students until the third grade. I said deviant, but they say LGBTQ. Look, deviant. And so the, the, the thing is, when we have these places like this that are moving away from us, is that hook in us that we can't, oh, but I still got to go. And we talked about this, I think, this week, how they are going to be more politically active because the pressure is being put on them to be that by the by HRC. And so the thing is, when these organizations and these things, these entities begin to boldly declare where they are, can we unhook ourselves and say, man, I, I'm going with the Lord. You, you're showing me who you are. That's a question. That's a question we all have to answer. So if that's not bad enough, there's a Kentucky summer camp that teaches children how to do sexual things and have sex on drugs in Kentucky. Now, at one point, you know, when you when you talked about these stories, you would say like, oh, that has to be like um, California or, or New York. No, Kentucky. This stuff is happening in the South, everywhere. And so what it is, is a virtual camp for, for young people to show them all this deviant stuff, how to obtain an abortion, and how to have sex while on drugs. This is, a, this is a camp. And because of the situations that are going on, they became virtual. So they're, they're coming in your home. They want to come inside of your house and teach your children this stuff. You don't have to go there. They're going to they're gonna make it easy for you. It's crazy. This camp uh, was a virtual camp based out of Hazard, Kentucky, that took place in the summer of 2021. The organizers have been operating sex education workshops for children since 2012, according to their website. One thing that stuck out to me about this camp are the dates, the dates. From July 6th to August 26th of 2021, the workshop expanded to a virtual summer camp that charged up to uh, $500 for attendees. So like for more than a month, they're holding these workshops. You talk about indoctrination. Look, we are living among unprincipled men. (laughs) This stuff is crazy. I look back at the time of Lot. And what he saw and what he heard is similar to what we're seeing and what we're hearing today. That story, that shows you, and in the life of, of 
the believer, we should be like, man, this is not my home. And it's not, again, in an escapist type attitude because our mandate is to share the gospel, the good news, like to make disciples. We should be doing that. And the things that we are bogged down with, we shouldn't be bogged down with. But we have this stuff going on. And man, we're living in a time where if you are not careful, you will get sucked into loving this world. It's so easy. It's so easy. Features of being a stranger. Let's talk about it. Features of being a stranger. The stranger or the alien, unless he has dual citizenship, is not a citizen in the land. And as it pertains to us being in Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. For the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Our citizenship is in heaven. Do we live like that? Do we understand that? And, and man, and I think we do understand it, but it has to get from our heads to our hearts. And when it gets down to our heart, that's what we be, begin to change the way that we live. Because we have a lot of head knowledge about this stuff. But, man, the living it out, man, that's, that's what we, it's proved to be difficult. At one, time, at one time, we were citizens of this world. We were children of wrath, right? We were going to hell. We were subject to its system and government and were strangers to the family of God. But now... It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. Our citizenship has changed and are of God's household. Man, praise God. We are of God's household. Man, sometimes when we read these scriptures, we need to kind of stop and say, We are a part of the family of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. This is good news. Number two, strangers and aliens are not consumed by this land because they are on assignment. If I'm a stranger in this land, I'm not consumed by what's happening in this land. I've been sent here on assignment. I'm a stranger. I'm going back to my home. I'm going home one day. And it is so easy for us to get caught up in the cares of this life, man. We are easily distracted by things that should not distract us. As strangers and soldiers enlisted on behalf of Christ, we have to avoid the, uh, being pulled in and the allure of the world. We have to. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, Suffer hardship with me. As a good soldier, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. Like he's inviting that. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. That's us, y'all. That's us. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio Thursday with Will. We're talking about being strangers in this land. 
and we'll continue on when we come back. Let's stand in his honor tonight, everybody that can get on your feet. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. It's Thursday with Will. And uh, we're talking about being strangers, the doctrine of being strangers in this land. You see it all throughout the scripture that we are, are not ones who, this, that this is our final destiny, our, our resting place. This is not, not our final destination is what I'm trying to say. That we have a citizenship in heaven and that we should live as though we believe that. A lot of times we get so caught up within the cares of this world that, man, we forget about where we're going. And it's not, again, not an escapist type of attitude, but, man, we look forward to that blessed hope. We look forward to where um, what has been prepared for us, uh, knowing that this is not it. So I was reading the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ, Jesus. It says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of, in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlists him as a soldier. So the scripture gives us an indication that being entangled with the affairs of everyday life puts us at risk of not fulfilling God's mission and not pleasing God who has enlisted us as a soldier for this mission. So when we let all the cares of life entangle us and we're so much concerned about you know, things going on in this world, man, we can miss out on the opportunities that he has giving us, given us to share in the mission that he has placed us in. That's to win souls. So what are some civilian affairs or everyday life affairs? Well, su- su- success, being successful, that can be something that drives you and that you get so entangled by that, that that's all that matters. Uh, politics, politics can be something that, you know, you get so distracted by that, man, you don't even see the need for really sharing the gospel. Um, placing our families before God. Look, our families could become idols. You know, we talk a lot about our children and, uh, and families on this show. But, man, that's nothing that's higher than the mandate we have from God. And one of the, look, God has placed us here to take care of our families, to do all those things. But, man, you know, he... Our families are not above our allegiance to God. And so those things can become distractions. Our jobs, sports, sports can become something that would get our focus off of, you know, serving the Lord. If we're more concerned about, you know, our kids playing sports or whatever it may be. Having friends, you know, the need for friends and having to be uh, uh, in this circle and doing this and doing that. Those are things that can distract. Now, while these things are not bad in themselves, if we are not careful, we can be carried away and consumed by these things. We as Christians have to be aware that we don't have uh, an inappropriate love and admiration for this world. So what is the mission? Well, our mission is the Great Commission. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are on assignment as ambassadors representing the kingdom of God. And we are not on uh, we are not on assignment from God, but we have the ministry. We are on assignment from God and we have the ministry of reconciliation. So God has given us a ministry. It don't matter if you, you know, uh, are an ordained pastor or a preacher. You have a ministry. It's the ministry of reconciliation. You have been reconciled. Therefore, God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. And so we have a we have the great commission. We have been tasked to do some things uh, for the glory and the honor of God. Second Corinthians five it talks about um, having that ministry of reconciliation. And I want to go ahead and let me see if I can. I want to go ahead and read that. And also, if you would like to call, if you would like to talk about being strangers, if you would like to make a comment, I'm going to go ahead and and open up the phone line. Um, 888-589-8840. First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 5. This is what it says. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave to us the spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Verse 11, therefore, knowing the fear of God, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are, are, are made manifest to God. And I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciousness. We are not, again, commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. An ambassador, one who represents another place. On behalf of that place, you go to another place and represent that place. That's who we are. We are ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. Strangers don't give their hearts and affections to this world. There's always a a disruption between the Christ follower and the world. The things that go on in the world does not appeal to the spirit within the Christ follower. This is who we are. The Bible says, 1 John 2, verse 15, 17, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world, and the world is passing away. And also it's lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Man, that's straight up. That's straight up. Look, we have a higher calling. Let's not get distracted by what's happening around us. Yes, we got to take care of things. We have responsibilities. You know, there are things that we have to do. But man, let's not be consumed by this world. As followers of Christ, we have to remember that we have been sent here as ambassadors. We are ones that represent God's kingdom here. And so our mandate, our commission is to make disciples. That should be number one priority on our list is that we are obeying God and what he told us to do as ones who have been soldiers enlisted on this mission. I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to take the calls. Uh, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Let's go to Ralph in Texas. Hi, Ralph. Hey, Will. Uh, thank you for taking my call. And yes, I want to appreciate the... Uh, message today it's probably to me the the message of the day mm. because myself my family we're i have a family of christian uh my kids are adults now they're mm. all married and i got grandkids yes sir and we get so caught up in this culture mm. and the the uh the tie to the culture speaking of Disney and that such culture Mm -hmm. that it's hard to break it off. Yeah. And it's even a message that's hard to speak to them because they don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I appreciate you bringing up the subject. I mean, you caught it well. Well, thank you so much, Ralph. I appreciate that. You know, and this is something that the Lord is dealing with me uh, on as well in my family. Look, 
you know, when it comes down to it, you make the decisions that uh, please the Lord. And it's not easy all the time, especially when you have already been going in, in a certain way and you have allowed some things. And, you know, to I was always taught that take back is difficult to take back is, is difficult. So these are some but these are some questions and some things we have to ask ourselves. You know, do these things have a hook on us so much so to where when it's time to, to back off, we can't because we're so in love with whatever it is. And and so thank you for that call. Uh, let's go to, let's see, go to Janet in Texas. Hi, Janet. Hey, yes. Uh, I have a friend. My mom called me, and she said, Alicia, she's had cancer. She's uh, been a friend of our families for years. But she has uh, been on a ventilator, and they're fixing to unplug her. Mm. And so she is a Christian. Her daddy was a, a preacher. Mm-hmm. and uh, But she is a Christian, and uh, please pray at, that... She's going to be going to see Jesus here Amen. pretty quick. Amen. But I wanted to share with you also, I heard you in, is it Mickey? Yeah, Mickey. I, I right. just want to make sure it's Mickey. Okay, I just want to set, make sure I said that right. Anyway, uh, your little boy, I enjoyed your children when mm. you have them on. That he was saying something about that he likes his neighborhood. You know, he, you know, she said, Something y'all were talking about going to heaven, and he mm-hmm. said, "I like my neighborhood." Yeah. Will you tell your little boy that Janet from Texas said, "Well, little man, young man, just mm-hmm. go out and share all those little neighborhood friends of yours. Tell them how to they they can too know how to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. share the gospel of Jesus, and so all of his neighborhood that Amen. he loves so much, they'll all come to know Jesus, his Savior and Lord, and get to go to heaven." Amen. Thank you. The neighborhood together still in heaven. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janet. That that's right, you know. Um, and that's that's what you said is so important. If we if we truly love what we say we love and you know the people that we say we love, you know, we have to share the gospel, the good news. That's the most loving thing that we can do uh to the people that we say that we love. And so thank you for that call, Janet. And we're praying for that family who uh loved one is going to see Jesus. Praise God for that. But it, you know, we grieve but it's not like it's without hope. And so praise God for uh, her being in Christ. But I know the family, uh, that, that, that will hurt. Um, so let me go ahead and with the time left, let's see, they have one more call. Let's see. Um, let's go to Michael in Georgia. Hi, Michael. How we doing, buddy? You doing all right? Yes, doing good. How about you? Good. Hey, I caught a little light part of your, uh, your, your, your radio station here in Georgia. I've got a question for you. Uh, you know, the Bible says test the spirits. Do you believe that the spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the same spirit? Do I believe that the spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit? That's so funny because I was listen, listening to an audio book today by a preacher named R.A. Torrey. And he was going through all the names of the Holy Spirit. And one of the names of the Holy Spirit was the Spirit of Jesus. And he broke down why the Spirit of Jesus, why he's called that. And it was because because he was sent by Jesus. Jesus sent him, at, you know, into the world. And he represents everything that Jesus represents. Whatever he hears, that's what he, he, he tells us, you know, what he hears from the Father. So I believe, yes, I believe that the Spirit of Jesus uh, is the Holy Spirit. And so I hope that answered your question. Um, I'm not sure exactly, you know, where you want to go with that, but we're running out of time. But yes, I do, uh, according to what the Word of God has shared about that. 
All right. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio uh, Thursdays with Will. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, God bless.